Good morning, church family. It is the giving season, and as the praise team just let us in, Jesus is the name above every other name. He's also the gift above every other gift. Amen? It is the giving season, and in spite of what some of our men will tell you, that it, maybe it's mullet season or rifle season, it's the giving season. It's the Christmas season. As we gather here this morning, two weeks prior to Christmas, I'm confident that many of us have our minds on gifts, the gifts that you have already purchased and still need to wrap, the ones you have procrastinated and have not yet purchased, and the ones you hope to receive. Some of our men will procrastinate so much that two weeks from today, on Christmas Eve, they will bring their family to the morning service, and then prior to coming back to our Christmas Eve service, which is at 4 o'clock, scheduled at 4 o'clock next Sunday afternoon, they will run by the speedway at the bottom of the hill to try to find something appropriate for their mom and their wife because they've procrastinated so much. So guys, if that's you, stop it for one thing. But then I want to help you sell that when you do that next or two weeks from today. You stop by the speedway, you're trying to find a gift that's appropriate. This may be one of the most appropriate things that you'll find at Speedway. This is a gallon of windshield washer fluid, and let me tell you why I think maybe you can sell this if you end up in this situation. So you present her with a gift, and she looks at you like she will. Ladies, go ahead and look at your husbands that way. <laughs> then you say, honey, let me tell you why I got this gift for you. It's going to start snowing soon, and when it snows, the snow will get all over the road, and the dirt and grime will get on the road, and the dirt and grime will fly up on your windshield. And I love you so passionately that it scares me to death, thinking you may not be able to see in front of you, and I want to make sure you are protected. So I got this gallon of winter washer fluid so you can be sure to get home to me because I cherish you and need you so desperately. And I tell you what, honey, this is such a valuable gift. The $2,500 home security system with the $40 per month monitoring fee that you asked for, this is actually more valuable <laughs> than that gift would have been. And I'll tell you what, I'll even put it in for you. I love you. Not cool, guys. Not cool. Don't do that. Christmas is indeed about a gift. The best gifts are well thought out. Did you hear that, gentlemen? The best gifts are well thought out and purposeful. The reason for the gift of Christmas, the gift of Jesus Christ, is meticulously articulated throughout the scriptures. The most well-known verse in all of scripture is likely, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. God so loved that he gave. Giving in whatever shape or form it may take should always be motivated from a heart of love to meet a specific need. Humanity has a real and genuine need, a need of which we are incapable of fulfilling for ourselves. Despite what we may think or be told by the propagandist who market items, 
that need is not a new pair of boots or an iPhone 36 or whatever number we're on now. It's not the newest Bluetooth AirPods, which I think have just come out and are all the rage. The gift all of humanity is in desperate need for is the gift of forgiveness and cleansing of sin. Humanity has a debt that we have no means by which to pay. A debt that makes the national debt in the United States seem trivial. A debt that will be called in at death if arrangements for the cancellation of that debt are not made prior to that. God, in his grace, saw that need and chose to give to meet that need. The gift that he gave meets the need precisely, meets the need perfectly, and it meets the need entirely. You need not turn to this text, but listen, follow along as I, or listen along as I read Colossians 2, verses 13 and 14. The word of God says this, when you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. See, we all have a certificate of debt that speaks of the sin debt that we owe to a holy and righteous God that we cannot pay. And unless that debt is paid by having it nailed to the cross and taken out of the way, we will not spend eternity with God. And God loves us so much that he gave us the gift to pay that debt in our behalf. Humanity cannot pay their sin debt. But humanity can receive the gift of sin debt cancellation bought by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Colossians 2, 13 and 14, we see that we are made alive. And in the original text, the word made, words made alive mean to reanimate or to give life. We are given life by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The sin debt that we could not pay was taken out of the way and it was nailed to the cross. Maybe you're asking this morning, taken out of the way of what, PJ? It was taken out of the way of a relationship with God. It was taken out of the way of eternal life in heaven, out of the way of living obediently, out of the way of life as designed by the Creator, life that is in fellowship with Him. By dying on the cross and nailing our sin debt to the cross, the Lord Jesus Christ took that sin debt out of the way. The Lord Jesus Christ is the gift that meets every spiritual need of mankind. He is the gift we should be presenting to those we love this Christmas season, and not only this Christmas season, but all year long. This is the season of giving. The greatest gift of Christmas is the gift of Jesus Christ. Briefly this morning, I'd like to note five things about the gift of Christmas, about the gift that is the Lord Jesus Christ. But before we do that, let's spend a moment in prayer together. Father, we thank you and praise you that 
you've allowed us to develop the tradition of remembering your birth, the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, God incarnate, Emmanuel, God with us, by remembering that blessing in the lives of everyone who will repent and believe by giving gifts to one another. Father, that is good, appropriate, as we remember the greatest gift of all. We love one another by sharing gifts as well. But Father, I pray, beginning with my own heart and including every person within the sound of my voice, both this service and the earlier service, that you would so burden and break our hearts that in the midst of our gift purchasing and our gift giving, that you would overwhelm us, us with the necessity to share the possibility of receiving the greatest gift the world has ever known, the cancellation of our sin debt, a debt that we cannot pay in and of ourselves. Father, I pray that you would work in all of our hearts as we are with our family and our friends and our, our co-workers and the people that we have in our sphere of influence this Christmas season. As we buy them gifts and give them gifts, that's appropriate, Father. But help us not to neglect, to help us not to neglect the offering of the only gift that will matter eternally, the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I am painfully aware that I have nothing of spiritual value to offer or share this morning as I speak from the truths of your word about the gift of Jesus Christ. So, Father, speak through me. Use me simply as a vessel in your hands, and I pray that every one of our hearts will be open and receptive to the truths of your word and the changes that you desire to make in each of us. Your Holy Spirit is an agent of change, and, Father, we'll be careful to give you praise, glory, and honor, for you alone are worthy. We love you, Lord, and praise you, and ask these things in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, five things about the gift, five aspects about the gift of Christmas, the gift that is the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. Point number one is this, Jesus is a promised gift. Jesus is a promised gift. Isaiah seven fourteen says this, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign, behold a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And then in the New Testament, this verse is uh, reiterated in Matthew 1, 22 and 23. The word of God says this. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. That prophet he's referencing is Isaiah. Verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Brother Dan has already encouraged you, but allow me to reiterate that the word Emmanuel means God with us. That's also the title of our Christmas concert this year. And if you've yet, yet to see the CBC Christmas concert, let me encourage you to do so this evening and invite a guest. Bring a guest. One statement that Brother Ryan makes in the devotional part of the Christmas concert is this The gift of Christ may not be a gift on our wish list, but it is the gift that fulfills our deepest. Longings, And to that we can all say amen. And not only does it fulfill our deepest longings, for those who are outside of faith, it fulfills their deepest spiritual needs. The gift of Jesus Christ. So you see, Jesus may not be the most desired gift for those to whom you will give, but he is without question the most desperately needed gift for those to whom you will give. Some 700 years before the birth of Jesus Christ, he was a promised gift by God through the prophet Isaiah. Isn't it wonderful when we're confident that 
We have something on our gift list, our desired list, and we're confident we're going to receive that list because someone has promised to get that for us this Christmas. Some folks are faithful in following through on their promises. If they've promised, if you have their word, you know with certainty that that gift will be under the tree this year. Others, unfortunately, are just empty words. Here is a key that I hope we can allow the Spirit to impress on our hearts. God is only ever faithful in fulfilling his promises. According to scholars who naturally disagree, I think that's part of what scholars do. There are several thousand promises in the Bible. Herbert Lockyer, in all the promises of the Bible, records over 8,000 promises, 7,000 of which are from God to man. The exact number of the promises in the scripture is less relevant than the reality that every promise found in the Bible from God, he will certainly be faithful to fulfill, amen? In this case, the promise of the Messiah, the promise of the Savior, the promise of the Son of God who will take away the sins of the world, the promise of God coming to dwell with us, Emmanuel. My guess is that there are some here this morning hoping for a gift that was promised to you. I hope you receive that gift as well. The gift of Christmas, the gift of Jesus Christ, God incarnate, was delivery of a promised gift, a promise by the God of creation, a promise that meets the needs of every man and woman ever born, the only way for our sin debt to be canceled, the only gift that can take away the sin of the world. My favorite Christmas verse, one of the 7,000-plus promises we find in Scripture is this, she will bear a son, and you should call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And he is the only gift that can save people from their sins. So allow me to encourage you along the, this thought process, please. As you spend time with your friends and your family and those whom you work with and uh, office parties this Christmas season, as you give them gifts, which is appropriate, do so as the Lord leads you to do so. As you give them gifts that uh, may be somewhat meaningful to them, please allow the Spirit of God to so impress you upon your heart to at least make the offer of the eternal gift, the gift for the, the reason for which we celebrate Christmas, the gift of Christmas itself, the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we are incapable and we should not try to force this gift upon them, but to be aware of the availability of the gift is the responsibility of every believer in Christ, every disciple in Christ, to share with those in our lives who are outside of the faith, who have never received this gift. It is our responsibility to make them aware that this gift, the gift of eternal life, is available to them through the Lord Jesus Christ. Please, as I am sharing this morning, Speak to the, the Lord, speak to the Father in heaven and ask him to animate the burden in our hearts to be willing to offer that gift this Christmas. It's the promise of eternal life. Jesus, the gift of Christmas, is not only a promised gift, he is also, point number two, a priceless gift. Priceless gift. Paul says this in regard to the inestimable value of the gift of Christmas, the gift that is 
Jesus Christ. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 through 11, more than that, I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, <clears throat> for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and may be found in him and having a righteousness and not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Verse eight, more than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. What are some of the gifts you may be looking forward to receiving this Christmas? What gift to you will have the most value? My prayer is that we will learn to count everything under the tree, no matter what it is or how important it is or how valuable it is, to count everything under the tree as rubbish in comparison to the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, our Lord. Everything under the tree will become obsolete and wear away and become useless at some point. Nothing is comparable to the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, our Lord. What gifts are you giving? Think with me a moment about the most valuable, the most expensive gift that you're purchasing to give to someone this year. And think about how much that gift pales in comparison to the, the gift of presenting them with an opportunity to receive the Lord Jesus Christ for forgiveness of their sin debt. Remember when I was in North Carolina, I, the first church I was a pastor at, senior pastor, and those of you who know me know I don't care anything about titles, so that's irrelevant, but I was the only pastor, the first full-time pastor this church had ever hired, and the first year that my wife and I were there, we had both of our children at the time, my taxable income, my salary that year was $17,000 for a family of four, and I wanted to go, it was Christmas time, it was Christmas season, and I'm not sure where our children were, I'm hoping we had left them with someone we could trust, but, <laughs> but I don't remember, to be honest with you. But I'm dating myself now because Laura and I went to a place called Toys R Us. I don't think they exist anymore and probably most of you or many of you are too young to remember they ever did exist. But Toys R Us was a place that Laura and I went to, to look for some things. I wanted to, I desperately wanted to give my children something really cool. And so we're walking through Toys R Us and I look at some of the price tags of the things that I thought, oh, they might, they might really enjoy that and none of them were, were within a price range that we could afford. We walked around a little more and I began to get more and more discouraged that I couldn't provide something that I thought was cool for my, my baby girl and my little boy. And like she has done for 34 years, Laura lovingly, took me by the arm, and I don't remember the exact words she said, but the point she made was this. There's nothing in this store that our children need, honey. What they need is to be pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ, and if by his grace they receive him as their Lord and Savior, they need to be discipled, and they need to be loved, and they need to be encouraged, and they need to be continually taught the truths of the word of God, and by his grace you are giving them that gift. 
And as is almost always the case, I was very careful to say almost always. She was right. (laughs) But there was still a strong urge in my heart to give them something. And I just didn't have the wherewithal to do so. Now I have grandchildren. I'm really thankful there are no Toys R Us anymore. (laughs) But think about this with me, brothers and sisters. As we give gifts to whoever may be on our gift list, no matter what you give them, no matter how expensive or how excited they become when they receive that gift, eternally that gift means almost nothing. And it means absolutely nothing compared to the value of knowing Jesus Christ. That's the gift that should be on the top of all of our giving lists. The opportunity for those who don't know Christ to receive him. And for those in our family who do, to continually point them to a walk with him. Jesus isn't just a gift he is a priceless gift john 17 3 says this this is jesus speaking in his prayer to his father this is eternal life that they may know you the only true god and jesus christ whom you have sent you see the way to know god is to know him by knowing the lord jesus christ whom he sent to reveal himself to reveal himself to mankind and to offer the priceless gift of knowing him. To know him, to know Jesus Christ, is eternal life. You know, no matter what we're offering our friends, family, and loved ones as gift, the greatest gift they could ever comprehend is eternal life. And we have the opportunity to offer that gift as well. May it be the burden of all of our hearts that above all other gifts, go ahead and continue to buy those gifts, give those things. It's a joy to, it's more blessed to give than to receive. I love giving gifts. But don't leave out the availability of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ for eternal life when you are offering gifts. If we do, brothers and sisters, we are failing as being the disciples he has called us to be. Want to give a priceless gift to those you love? How about introducing them to Jesus? If they know him, they will have eternal life. Jesus is the gift of Christmas, but he's not only a promised gift and a priceless gift, he's also a personal gift. I need to make this point as clearly as possible, so bear with me as I elaborate on the following statement. I am of the belief that too much is made in the church, particularly in the Western church, of having a personal relationship with God. Please follow this thought process and allow me to articulate my thinking, and obviously I believe this is biblical thinking. Establishing a relationship with God is unquestionably an individual personal decision to surrender and submit one's life to the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no question about that. Receiving the offered gift of forgiveness of sin in salvation is an individual decision to surrender and submit to Jesus Christ as Lord. That is unequivocal. 
There is no other path of salvation other than coming individually through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ through repentance of sin and faith in his promises. Establishing a relationship with God is a personal, individual commitment. Everybody good so far? Here, though, is where I believe too much is made of the personal concept in our culture. As certainly as the Bible teaches commitment to Christ as a personal individual decision to establish the relationship that's been broken by sin. The Bible also clearly teaches that the newly established relationship is not to be lived out alone and individually, but rather is to be lived out on a committed, as a committed part of a local body of disciples in community. Salvation, a relationship with God, is established personally, but lived out corporately established as an individual but lived out in community both aspects are true and neither aspect holds any other option no one can get saved and surrender to christ for you it's an individual commitment and choice and you cannot live out your faith in isolation you must be plugged into community those are equal teachings of the word of god For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus is a personal gift. As I look under the tree at our house when my children were still at home, it was obvious that each gift had a recipient. That recipient's name was was on the gift that was intended for them. The most exciting gifts were the ones with my name in the two column. I like those gifts. Those are fun gifts. And each year under the tree, there was one from Laura to Jim. There was one from Jesse to Daddy. And sometimes there was one from Jake to Daddy. (laughs) There were also gifts with Laura's name in the two column, with Jesse's name in the two column, and with Jake's name in the two column. All the gifts were personalized. So it was a gift of Christmas. The gift of Christ. It's a gift offered to whosoever. All that needs to take place is that by grace, through faith, you put your name in the two column. When it comes to receiving the gift of Christ of eternal life, you and all those whom you love can be whosoever. Put your name in the two column if you haven't done that already. Through believing. Through repentance and faith. Through surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ, you can be the recipient of the gift of Jesus. To know Jesus is eternal life. And if you've already done that, be sure to make that offer to your family this year. Jesus, the gift of Christmas, is not only promised gift, a priceless gift, a personal gift. He's also, by necessity, the only perfect gift. Hebrews 5, 9 says this, And having been made perfect, he became to all those who obey him the source of eternal salvation. So who is the source of eternal salvation? The Lord Jesus Christ. The only way someone can receive this gift is by receiving the Lord Jesus Christ. We all do this every year. We rack our brains and search the stores for the perfect gift for our loved ones. Will they like this? Is it the right color? I had another illustration that I didn't share this morning, but remember, we don't want to buy anything that needs to fit. 
It's a trap. Don't do it. Is it the right color? Will it serve the purpose? How long will it last? If you've stressed this year or are currently stressing this year, trying to think of the perfect gift for those on your giving list, stress no more. The gift of Christmas, the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ is the only perfect gift. For those who receive this gift, he is the source of eternal salvation. All the gifts that are under the tree or will be under the tree will wear out or become obsolete. The gift of Christmas, the gift of Christ, if received, will last eternally. Evidence of having received the gift is referenced in this verse as well, isn't it? Did you notice that? Obedience is the evidence of having genuinely received the gift of Christmas, the gift of salvation in Jesus Christ. Without obedience, there is no evidence in the life of a believer. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments if you love me you will obey me you see our obedience isn't to receive the gift that's not the point the the point is if we've received the gifts we're so overwhelmed with the joy of having received the gifts we will obey that's the evidence of having received the gift of jesus christ he is indeed the perfect gift jesus is the gift that brings peace with god and peace of mind He brings salvation and sanctification. He brings freedom and fulfillment. He brings purpose and priority. He brings contentment and compassion. He brings blessing and brokenness. He brings hope and humility. He is the only perfect gift. And listen, brothers and sisters, aren't those the things that you would love to be able to give to those on your giving list? They only come through a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And you have the ability to make that offer to everyone whom you know. Jesus is the gift of Christmas. He's not only the promised gift, the priceless gift, the personal gift, and the perfect gift. If received, he becomes the most precious gift. 1 Peter 2, 6 and 7 says this. Therefore, it is also contained in the scriptures. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious. And he who believes on him will by no means put to shame, be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. Historically, in our home, we've asked, after all the gifts have been opened, what was your favorite gift? And if my children or my wife ever said anything that I didn't give them, I took everything back. (laughs) I have several gifts that I have received throughout the years that I still hold very close to my heart. But the greatest gift of all is the gift of forgiveness of sin and eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ. No other gift, once this gift is received, is comparable. Precious in this context is from the Greek word time, and it means to honor or value the surpassing knowledge of knowing Jesus Christ, the surpassing value. If we have ever received the gift of Christmas, as we grow in our maturity in and conformity to the Lord Jesus Christ, we will recognize more and more the immense value of this gift. He will become more and more precious to us.
I have great joy being around some of our senior saints who understand this principle and they've been walking with the Lord so long and he's walked them through so many difficulties and trials in their life and they've grown in maturity to the point where they realize that there is nothing comparable in how precious their walk with Jesus Christ is. How precious their fellowship with Jesus Christ is. They understand he is the most precious gift. As we walk with him, if we're genuinely a part of his family, if we've had our sin nailed to the cross and taken out of the way, as we grow, he will become, please hear this, he will become our preference. He will become our priority. And he will become our purpose for all that we do. If you're here this morning and he is not preference, priority, and purpose in all that you do, I would think it's because he just hasn't become as precious to you as he needs to be. Or to me, as he needs to be. May I encourage you that as you give and receive your gifts this Christmas, that you contemplate the most precious gift, the most valued gift, the gift who is promised, priceless, personal, and perfect, not for all occasions, but for all spiritual needs. He, Jesus, is the gift of Christmas. So let me ask you this question. Have you received the gift? If not, by grace, through faith, you could be the whosoever from John 3.16. And please know this, there is no waiting list. The moment you repent and believe you are transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, you become his child for eternity. There is no waiting list. Is Jesus' preference, priority, and purpose for all that we do? If he is, then as we contemplate the gift-giving and giving of gifts to those who are on our receiving list, he will be at the top of that list as well. Now please, please, please know and understand this truth. In our Sunday evening services, we've been talking about evangelism and the sovereignty of God. It is not your responsibility to be sure that they receive the gift. It is your responsibility to make sure they know it is available. That's what God has called us to do. Wouldn't it be wonderful to know that someone in your sphere of influence, someone that you love and care for, someone that you desperately want to know, your Savior, received the gift of Christmas this year? If you've already received the gift of Christ, the gift of Christmas, will you offer that gift to your loved ones this Christmas as well? Take a look at the gifts under the tree when you go home this afternoon or when you're at loved ones' houses, wherever you will spend your Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Look at those gifts under the tree. Rejoice of the ability to share in the offering of gifts to one another. Then think about the spiritual needs of all those who will be in the house that day. And commit by the grace of God to offer them the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will become the most precious gift to them as well if he is received. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you and praise you that you are a gracious and merciful Father. And as you evaluated and understood the needs of humanity you thought through it and you provided the only gift that could resolve 
the sin issue that we have. You offer the gift of Jesus Christ. Father, for everyone who's gathered here this morning to worship and praise you through song and through the teaching and preaching of your word, I praise you and thank you for those who have already received the gift. They've repented of their sin, and by grace through faith, they've trusted Christ as their only hope of salvation. They've surrendered and submitted their lives to him. I praise you and thank you for that. If there's one here this morning who has not done that yet, Father, I pray that they would recognize they can be the whosoever from John 3.16 through repentance and faith, and there is no waiting list. And Father, for those of us who have received salvation, I pray that beginning with my own heart that you would so burden and prompt our hearts that we would not be comfortable until we have offered the gift of Christmas, the gift of eternal life, the gift of salvation, the gift of Jesus Christ to those whom we love, to our family, to our friends, and to those in our sphere of influence. For you are God and there is none else. We love you, Father. We praise you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.